Welcome everyone to a bonus episode inside the third season of the virtual coffee break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Manuel and on today's special episode we have forage educator Phil Cates, dairy educator Marianne Morosky and extension educator Eric Karbowski. They come together to discuss farm stress, a timely and very important topic impacting many farms today. What are the common stressors that you can find on the farm? What are the resources available to deal with them are some of the presented questions on today's episode. So let's get started. Hello, my name is Phil Cates. My role as an educator for forages and field crops, I have another hat that I wear and that's as a farm stress educator working throughout the thumb area. With me today, I have Marianne Morowski, a dairy educator working on farms throughout the Thumb area. And I also have Eric Kabrowski. Eric is our farm stress educator, the person that has been coordinating our farm stress efforts with Extension. I'd like to start by sharing a, a story, and it's a true story of early in my career, I've been working in agriculture in the Thumb for over 35 years. And as a very young salesperson working in the Thumb, I had the opportunity to be on a farm, a dairy farm in the Thumb. And this is during the days when people were selling their cows and their farms. And I sat across the table as a, as a young salesperson, 26 years old. And I was talking to a family and as tears came down their cheeks, talking about how they were gonna have to sell their cows, farm stress became very real to me. And it's one of the things that I've never forgotten but it reminded me the fact that people are tied to their farms. They're tied to what they do and the dairy business in general is a very stressful type of business because it's not just a farm business, but it's a way of life. And so as I talked about doing today's podcast, I wanted to talk to Marianne a little bit and ask her, are there some general areas or categories that you see on dairy farms today where there's a lot of farm stress? And what do you think those areas might be? Unfortunately, I think that there are um, several areas that cause major stress on dairy farms, but I think that there are four categories that are kind of impacting farms today. And obviously one of the biggest ones is gonna be the financial side of things and running that business. Any dairy farmer right now can tell you that milk prices could be better. And in the past few years, they have been less than ideal. So I think definitely financial um, is one of the major areas of stress. This new COVID-19 pandemic has also been having some new stressors uh, for farms. They're throwing some curveballs the way, especially with the way the supply chain has been disrupted. So that's definitely a category of stress. And then uh, animal health and human health and how that impacts the dairy farm, I think, is another category. I put those two categories together because it's difficult for farmers who really care about their cows and are always trying to do the best to take care of their cows, watch an animal get sick and try and help them. But um, sometimes that's not always possible. And I think Human health is something that dairy farmers kind of forget about sometimes. 
the health of either themselves or their family members. Um, and then that can cause some stress. I'd also say uh, the fourth major category that stresses dairy farmers is probably weather. I think that this is a major stress because it's just something that we can't control at all. And it impacts how crops grow. It impacts whether or not that you're gonna have feed for your cow. And then it impacts how things are running on your farm. Cause if you get two feet of snow, all of a sudden you have to do snow removal. You know, it's just kind of controls what's going on on the farm sometimes. That's a kind of a brief overview of four major stressors that dairy farmers deal with. Well, thanks, Marianne. I think those are certainly big categories and you've seen businesses and farms deal with all of those things in the last several months. And Eric, when we think about these categories and how they relate to farm stress and what you're seeing across the state of Michigan, is it different for other farms besides the dairy farms with these major categories and stressors? Yeah, thanks, Phil. And thanks, Marianne. Um, you know, the topics that Marianne highlighted, I think, are very real, especially when we talk about the, the stress that the farming industry is encountering and the different experiences and failure story, I think, reigns very true with a number of different farms that I've met with and talked with over the years. And, and in recognizing the the level of stress and investment that these farms have. And so that's why I'm very excited as we go through and, and to talk about these that I'm going to be able to obviously not fix all of the problems that are at the forefront, um, but hopefully help identify some of those uh, areas that we might be able to help control and some of those resources to help the farmers and the dairy farmers and really farmers across the industry help balance and support some of those stress levels. So I very much appreciate this opportunity. And, and for those that are listening, you know, hopefully we'll be able to provide some resources to help you uh, as you work through some of these trialing times. Well, Marianne, let's go into some of these categories in a little bit more detail. And let's start with the number one category, and that's financial and business uh, management. What are some of the things that you see within that category uh, where farms are, are stressing about today? So it's a very broad category. There's a wide range of things that fall into that, but I think one of the things that um, I've been seeing, and uh, this is kind of more specific to uh, smaller dairies, you know, as they look at their future, um, they're kind of trying to figure out where they're going to be in the scheme of things. And I think a lot of farms are finding it difficult that if they only want to milk 200 cows, it's um, becoming more and more difficult to uh, be able to do that um, with the current milk prices and within the current dairy business. So I think st small farm stability, a lot of these farms are at the point where they're almost being forced to expand in order to stay, to keep up with their competition. Another area is succession planning. This is kind of that same thing, whether it's a small farm or a large farm, looking at the future of your farm and who's gonna run it, who's interested in running it. And then once you have a generation that's interested in running your farm, it's really difficult to work through all of those family dynamics and family relationships that have to deal with succession planning. I think, you know, a lot of farms are family businesses, right? And even though that they're businesses, a lot of times family comes first. So succession planning is always kind of a bit of a minefield. But 
nevertheless, it's extremely important to succession plan. And the earlier that you can succession plan, the better off you are. Um, working with our farm business management team is always a really great way to kind of get a jump start on your succession planning. You know, Phil, I have been at that table, you know, when a farm decides that they're going to have to sell their cows. And um, it's really sad if there's a generation that really wants to take over the farm, but succession planning wasn't done soon enough. So the farm ends up not being able to have a viable business. Marianne, how does labor figure into uh, some of these things with the, the business operation of the farm? Well, um, first off, I think labor is a huge challenge. Um, When you're looking at some of these small farms, they like things the way they are. When you have about 200 cows, you have a one dairyman that can do about everything. Not, you know, he's really hands-on. He's the main main herdsman. Um, But as you expand, you definitely need labor and you need to find good labor. Labor that stays, labor that shows up on time for work, that's reliable and does a good job. And I think that for large farms who have 20 employees or 30 employees, finding that labor and keeping that good labor is a constant challenge. Something I think that a lot of those farms just are constantly accepting applications because they're they're always left in a lurch by someone who just doesn't show up for work one day, um, unfortunately. And I think those small farms, you know, they see that And I'm not sure they want to get into the labor industry. They're really happy working with their cows and being cow people. All of a sudden, when you start expanding, um, you stop managing cows and you start managing people. And not a lot of dairy farmers are in the dairy business because they want to manage people. Eric, we've thrown a lot of things out uh, in just that one category, and those are huge issues. Would you like to uh, help us out a little bit with how some of these farms can manage some of these category challenges that are out there? Yeah, I think there are a lot of things, but, you know, I think that's kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to farming, you know, finding what is that balance? Where do we go? What are the next steps? And so I think these are all very important topics that, that were brought up. Finance is always kind of an overarching umbrella when it comes to farm stress, you know, what does that look like? What is our bottom line? How do we project that? And I think one of the key factors in terms of balancing that is what is your plan? Do you have a plan? Uh, What does that look like? If we're talking about succession plan, I too have been at the table with some of those farms. And I think the ones that have that opportunity where they're doing some pre-planning, maybe they're meeting with one of the the farm business management uh, experts to talk about what that looks like. So they have those projections. Those can all help balance and support some of that stress reduction. Uh, Also, when when we're thinking about maybe succession planning? What does that look like? When I meet with families in combination with some of our other educators, you know, we talk about family preservation. What are those relationships look like? What are some of those things that we can do to help balance some of that stress? Who are the players that are involved in this, uh, in the continuation of the farm? And and are they in or are they out? What, what is their 
piece of the pie, if you will, in terms of the farm? What are their responsibilities? Are those shared responsibilities? Do we see some of that uh, continuing to, you know, as maybe the, the farming generation ages out, you know, what does that next generation look like? How, what level of investment are they in? So those are all different things that can kind of help balance some of that financial piece of it. Um, and then I think too, within that, as we think about labor and we think about uh, some of those other pieces, again, part of that plan, part of that projection, what does that look like? Does that fit within the scope of really what the, the farm operation or the goals are? Does it have to happen that way? Um, you know, if we're in a transition phase, what are some of those other options we might be able to explore so that the farm's still viable? Um, those are all different things to, I think, that go into that consideration about, you know, how do we balance some of those stress? And, and I think really that pre-planning component of that uh, can really help offset some of these things so that it doesn't all just pile up and then become that acute stress that then can have a, a very bad trickle effect in terms of the other mental stability. Thank you, Eric. Marianne, I'm going to have a shift a little bit away from the financial side, which is, like Eric said, and you said, always a, a very difficult part of a business and a family farm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the animal and human health side of things. We'll leave the pandemic for a little bit later, but tell us, how is it that farms struggle with this so much? Well, Phil, as I mentioned a little bit in the introduction, farmers work really hard to, to keep their animals healthy and keep them, you know, not only productive, because that's their main source of income, but to, to keep them healthy. And they do spend a lot of time monitoring sick animals and uh, monitoring their progress and making sure that they recover, whether they, you know, had a difficult calving and uh, making sure that that cow bounces back or if you got a little bit of pneumonia, especially when it comes to uh, working with the calves. Dairy farmers especially uh, struggle with sick calves, I think, because we see them as babies. Uh, they're so young and they're the future of your herd. Um, so a lot of time and energy goes into treating sick animals. Can certainly be disheartening if you're unsuccessful treating those sick animals. And it's certainly difficult when you have a situation where the animal can't recover and you have to euthanize that animal on the farm. So one thing that we don't really talk a lot about in the dairy industry is the mental impact of having to euthanize animals. Veterinarians talk about it quite a bit. Um, there are tons of resources and classes for veterinarians who um, do regularly have to euthanize animals, but those same resources aren't necessarily available for those who have to euthanize their own animals on their farm. And I think that dealing with euthanasia and the declining health of animals that you care for every day can really cause major stress on a dairy farmer. Eric, when you think about our own health system and the way people are, are geared on farms with their declining health, maybe from working with the euthanasia situation. What are some of the things available for us as farmers and educators and business people that we can use to, to deal with this very difficult situation? 
Yeah, I think there are a lot of different things. Um, there are a lot of different layers to that. I mean, I think we have to go back and create some level of self-awareness. And I know that farmers are inherently independent. They take a lot of pride in that. They take a lot of pride in being able to fend for themselves or take care of themselves. But I also think there are all these secondary effects that maybe euthanizing cows and it's to people that are outside of the farming world maybe it just seems like well it's the loss of a cow but what are those next levels what are you know now it's impacting my finance now it's i've spent a number of days and, and hours uh invested in just supporting this animal to that helps support me and so uh, those are some of those layers there's a number of resources on the msu extension farm stress website so you can go there uh, if you google msu extension farm stress there are a number of resources there i also would like to bring up at this point the opportunity that we have uh, through the teletherapy pilot project, a number of farmers from across the state of Michigan, um, so know that you're not alone, are accessing this support, recognizing that they are experiencing significant amounts of stress, recognizing that these supports are out there and available to help support them to to live their best life, to take control of some of those stresses. There are a number of things, as we all know, that farmers can't control, but one thing that they can control is how they respond to the, that stress. And through the MSU Extension Teletherapy Pilot Project, we're working with therapists that connect on online platforms, helping reduce stigma, and we're connecting those farmers to help offset some of these stressors with master's level therapists that have a connection to agriculture. So they're either farmers themselves, uh, they married into a farm family, they have an empathy, they understand that losing a cow or having to do some of euthanasia, parts of that impact farmers on a different level because of that emotional connection that they have. And so I would encourage you to create some level of self-awareness push yourself to go a little outside of the box if you recognize that you are feeling stressed uh, and reach out and access the support. Great information, Eric, and a great segue to really just the, the last part of our podcast today. And that is, what do we do with the pandemic and how that's affected people? And I know that we've talked about weather too as being a huge problem. Well, it's not a problem. Weather is a part of life. And it's one of the things that affects us each and every year, each and every month, almost every day. But let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and how that's affected our farmers today uh, across the state. Eric, would you like to comment on that, please? Yeah, I think there have been a lot of different layers and a lot of different levels in terms of how the pandemic have impacted the farmers and, and really uh, everybody in general, right? Um, there have been a number of different things that um, we've experienced you know, in terms of uncertainties and instabilities of the markets, the forced into continued isolation. And we know that farming uh, inherently is an isolative uh, occupation. So, you know, farmers oftentimes are, are maybe working by themselves or with a partner. And so I think those have all contributed to uh, increased levels of stress. I think one way to really combat that is to stay connected, to stay engaged, to stay connected with your peers, to outreach to some of those peers that maybe haven't been staying connected. So, you know, if it is a, a round, uh, round table coffee talk that you know, you participate in weekly, those are, those are very important in terms of stress reduction and keeping that baseline, that, that stable mental health, um, making sure that it gives people that opportunity to, 
to problem solve, to troubleshoot, to vent, to be around their peers so they can, you know, they recognize that they're not alone in this, uh, in, the, in these different feelings. And so that gives them that opportunity to really get the batteries recharged, to think about maybe outside of the box and, and it's very healthy. And so if you have that opportunity to engage with your peers or stay connected, do that. If you recognize one of your peers that maybe aren't doing that, reach out to them and bring them back in because even just a phone call or getting re-engaged with that can really be beneficial. So Eric, I heard you say something about having people to be able to talk to. Should farmers look to their peers? Should they look for professionals? Should they talk to someone that they trust? How do we approach that? I think all the above. Oftentimes farmers, you know, have that connection because it's it's just like uh, anybody else. If you feel like you have a connection with that person or they can understand or they can relate to you, uh, it's a great opportunity to to engage with your peers. If you feel that, you know, maybe the stress is really kind of compounding, I'm recognizing that, you know, the pandemic maybe uh, is creating some some significant stress for me. I'm having some financial concerns. I'm having all these other things. That's a great uh, light bulb moment for either you or someone you care about to reach out to get them that next level of support. I think even just staying engaged. A lot of a lot of farmers are engaged in, in different community functions. And so those can be other platforms for farmers to connect. Maybe it's religious or maybe it's a, a club that they're part of. Those are all great opportunities. Stay connected and keep engaged that really can help reduce stress and support good mental health. Marianne, do you think the farmers are seeing the fact that they're under more stress today than they were a year ago or two years ago? Or is that something where they may see it in other people or other people may see it in them before they understand that they're under that kind of stress themselves? What do you think? I'm not sure, Phil. Uh, I think that it really is dependent on that individual. Some people are just more self-aware than others. But I do think a lot of farmers are recognizing that they are under more stress. And I think that they may not even recognize that they have less support than they used to because, you know, not only is MSU extension through the pandemic, we have had limited ability to travel and go to farms, but I know that we're not the only ones. I know that nutritionists and reproductive specialists and their drug reps and their vaccine people Basically everybody, but I think their veterinarian has cut back on the amount of time that they spend on farms working with farmers. And, you know, a lot of those people are great resources and support for farms, not only in their business, but as a friend. I think that they'll all joke. And I've been told before that the pandemic has been great because less salespeople bother farmers. But in the same way that may be true, I think they're also missing a lot of that support that they had and might not be realizing it. Thanks, Marianne. We've covered a lot of things. What are some of the key things or places where farmers can find more information? And Eric, could you list or give us those resources one more time for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to the MSU Extension Farm Stress website uh, or the MSU Extension Farm Management website, there are a number of different resources that are available to help support farmers. Uh, we also were the recent recipients of a grant that we're calling MDARD Legacy of the Land. And so in that, it could be very beneficial to you and your farm. We're providing farm financial analysis, business management strategies, all of which we've talked about, farm stress resources, uh, and then also on a first come first serve basis 
crisis, the teletherapy program that I mentioned earlier, we have funds right now to offset most, if not all of the associated costs, because we wanted to make sure that farmers were accessing those supports and not confronted with, do I pay for this service that I'm unsure about, uh, or do I provide you know, put Cheerios on the table for my kids. And so right now is a great opportunity if you are experiencing some of those stresses or if someone you know and care about might be experiencing some of those stresses to reach out, access those supports. I'm the acting conduit for the teletherapy program, but there's also on the MSU Extension Farm Stress website an anonymous survey that farmers can fill out and direct refer as well. Marianne, did you have anything else that you'd like to add? I think that Eric did a great job explaining what kind of resources are available on the Farm Stress website. And don't forget that your dairy educators and the farm business management educators are full of resources. If you um, want to reach out to your, your local educator, we're always more than happy to try and help. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Mary Ann. I think this has been a, a great opportunity to share a little more information about farm stress on dairy farms. With that, I'd like to say thank you for listening. Have a great day. And I would like to echo your words and thank Eric and Mary Ann, but also thank you, Phil, for bringing forward this bonus episode on a topic that we definitely need to keep in mind at all times as we interact and engage with farmers and other peers working in agriculture. Farm stress is very real, and we encourage our listeners to use the mentioned resources from MSU Extension. On a personal note, I'd like to add that we are with you, and we appreciate all the hard work that you do on a daily basis to feed the rest of us. Thank you to all the farmers tuning into this program. Next week, we are getting back on track with our scheduled episodes, and I will be joined by Dr. Roger Thompson. We will be discussing what impacts can a Parlor Performance Test have on your operation. So I hope you'll join us then.